What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, Steve, Jake, and Dunny, as always, to give you all of the latest NBA updates, what's going on around the league, and what's going on around the league right now is that we're six days away, guys. Bill Russell days away. The season is here. We have NBA futures. We're going to be talking some props to put in, some futures, some title picks, and then even who we think will have the most wins, most losses, who's going to suck, who's going to rock. Guys, we ready? We ready? Six days. Six days. We're ready. I'm so ready, guys. I'm so ready. I can't wait. We're six days away. I got the Kelsey Plum shirt on today, so you know I'm locked in. You, you I know like I'm a champion. Have to. Have inspired yes. me. Yeah. Won all those Vegas Aces futures, so now let's win some NBA futures. Stevie's right, also Stevie's also on like one granola bar, and like mm-hmm. uh, I think you got a seltzer, a seltzer there okay. with you. Of yeah, course. So Stevie is Stevie is healthy and thriving. Thrive on attack mode. You know they say the hung- hungriest dog, though. That's you know what they say about that. So <laughs> it might just be intentional. Stevie's like doing some mind games on us, Dunny. I don't know. Yeah, his if if Steve's picks are all winners at the end of the season, we should <laughs> we, should, we shouldn't be surprised. He's sharp. He's he's fasting. He's he's using PEDs for this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we. We usually start the show with news and notes. Not really much. We did just want to brief the Draymond Pool situation. We talked about it at length last week, but since then, TMZ somehow got a video. Um, the most appalling part of all of this actually isn't the punch. It's that someone in the Warriors organization leaked practice footage to TMZ. Yeah. You know TMZ usually pays top dollar, top dollar for this type of thing, so someone you know betrayed the organization to get a bag, basically. Um, they're going to have to sniff out a rat, if you will, in the, the Warriors organization. Um, and then other than that, just Draymond said he was going to step away for a bit. But now um, it's been released by the Warriors and reported by Shams last night. He's going to get fined. He'll be back um, to round out the preseason. And then he'll be in the starting lineup opening. Night. Or I assume he's still a starter. But he'll be playing opening night um, regardless of his role. So I don't know. I think we we downplayed it a little before the video, but even after the video, it's like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? It's Draymond Green. It's the Warriors. They're still going to be great. We we don't really have much more on it. I assume. Yeah, I don't think we're too concerned. And I think the big thing for me was kind of the reaction to people seeing the video. There were a lot of other players and just other people involved in sports who were upset that the video was shown. They're like, there's stuff that happens. It's supposed to be closed doors practice for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like teammates will get into like, you know, scuffles like this or they'll get into arguments. They weren't like shocked or like appalled by it. It's just it wasn't a good look at all for Draymond. But that's the type of player Draymond is. And this is supposed to be a closed door type of practice. So we're not supposed to ever see any of this. So I was kind of uh, almost pleasantly surprised by the reaction of other NBA players or whatnot, or people around the league where they're like, you know what, it's not a good look, but this is, this is supposed to be closed door. You should not supposed to share it, this type of, you know, video or information to just the public. Yeah. Jake, I, I, I'll let you say your piece because I know you have something here, but this that just made me think of it. Isn't it? Isn't it funny how no matter what, 
NBA players do nowadays, it means that they want to go play for the Lakers because how many times over the summer did we hear like Kyrie, you know, being away from the Nets and like having his issues with them, like that just automatically translated to him wanting to play with LeBron and the Lakers. Like every report about every free agent is always like, oh, they really want to play with the Lakers or anyone who's on an expiring contract, they really want to play with the Lakers. Stephen A had the audacity once the video leaked that like his his mind went after he sh- saw Draymond punching Jordan Poole. He he immediately went. That, that's because he wants to be a Los Angeles Laker. No, that's not what it means. It that means is a good. That is a good first take, take. Though you got to admit <laughs> that is a good Stephen first take. Stephen A's on his shit. He knows what he knows. What I mean, he's doing. He's still doing clicks. his job. He knows what gets clicks. Yeah, he knows. He knows we're going to talk about it. Would be it would be less. It would be less. Uh, it would be people would be less inclined to say it if Draymond didn't absolutely just like worship LeBron and kiss his feet every single yeah. chance he gets yeah. to do it. Like he is like he might be the leader of like LeBron Anon, uh, uh, like just like the out there leader because he is just putting propaganda out into the world about LeBron all the time, and it is he does it about Steph too. But it's just like. It is it is weird to see from Draymond's level, but yeah, no, he's not like this is not some plan for Draymond to get moved <laughs> to go to the Lakers it's after they won a title. I do think there is still something to it, the fact that it was Jordan Poole and not somebody else on the team, and we know that yeah. he asked for an extension, did not get an extension, and then what you heard from the Warriors days coming out was the narrative coming from the Warriors was how important Jordan Poole is not only to this season, but in the future down the years everything else like everything they talked about was the future is pool here and that's what we're concerned about and that like puts just draymond in a very weird spot in this organization now because he's been like such a leader and everything but now he's the dude without a contract who just punched one of their young stars and like they just that changes the energy he's worth the max and thinks he's worth the max and that just changes the energy like imagine you had a co-worker who just like Steve, imagine that Meerkat just came up to you and just punched you in the face at work. And then, I mean, like, because he was demanding a max contract. How would you feel I, about Meerkat after that? If it was Meerkat, I wouldn't be shocked. And they'd pay the man. <laughs> Meerkat, Meerkat deserves the max. Uh, I would pay no, TMZ I'm not, I'm not, type money for that footage. I would pay TMZ money for it. Now, now that's what we need a video. I saw a nice video on the, the Cardwell, the, the David Adams Twitter mm-hmm. today that came out. Now we need one of like an alleged attacker of Stevie, like Stevie just out, like like a, like a wrestling angle where Stevie's just like knocked out on stream. Like who did it? Who took out Steve? And then it's Meerkat. My, my balls are rolling. See the Meerkat. problem: Meerkat throws a punch, I throw a punch right back, and then it, then it doesn't end well. <laughs> that is one. Of, that is one of the other things, though, is that this, the thing about Draymond, the punch, like seeing it is. Draymond yeah. is six eight or six seven. No, he's like six six, I think actually. But Poole is like a much smaller guy than Draymond yeah. is. So that kind of force and like just I mean, Poole, it also didn't look like Jordan Poole was expecting to get punched in that moment, no. even with no. the shove looked like a normal thing to me. Like seeing people shove each other and stuff. But like it's just like a line you don't cross, I feel like, when you're that much bigger than the dude. Like if Draymond was fighting with like Wiseman or something, that's a whole different story. But just do it to somebody smaller. You think of how big these dudes are. That was like, damn, like, like you know, you're winning. Like you're picking on someone. Pick on someone your own size. Like literally, like go punch, go punch Wiggins. God. Yeah. See, <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought up the show because I think that's that's where I can relate, to, not relate to, but that's where I 
am agreeing with people who say this type of thing happens at practice. Yeah. I think literally the, the the nanosecond before that punch, I think, is what goes on in practice. I, yes. I think what Draymond – I think Dr- Draymond approaching Poole the way he did and then Poole shoving him back. And, like, even if that was, like, a back and forth and they shoved each other a few times and it got broken up, I think that's mm-hmm. normal. I think yeah. knocking someone to the ground with a punch is – um it's a little much and obviously you know I, i'm not i don't know i guess before we move on because like we said we're not gonna spend too much time on this but did you were you guys uh, expecting a suspension here i, I was honestly expecting like a, a, a couple maybe a handful of games but obviously just a hefty fine um i don't know i don't know what you guys thought about that not really because this is kind of a team issue right it's not like Draymond punched someone on the Clippers or the Lakers in in a game this was a team issue at the practice that means the Warriors are going to handle it and hey the Warriors probably don't want to suspend Draymond so they're going to find a way to work around and there's a fine and B2 like I said this happened at a private practice this probably wasn't supposed to be known and we don't know how often stuff like this happens now was it extreme was it a violent punch? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think the Warriors are going to suspend him for it. If this was involved in a game with a different team, then we have a completely different story. But since this was a team issue, it was kind of handled in-house. I'm not shocked at all that it was justified. Yeah, I mean, remember remember when Aaron Donald took two helmets and started swinging on dude at practice and he didn't yeah. get suspended? That's, That's this is a little this is a little different. <laughs> but, that um, was with another yeah. team, not a great yeah, that was another team, too, yeah. not our own team. I'm just saying, like violence at practice. I feel like this year has been a topic, and the teams are just like, yeah, like mm-hmm. let them figure it out. Pro sports is weird, man. Like they're just it's a different animal. Like you said, yeah. if Meerkat came up to you, he would not. Meerkat would not be able to. I don't think he'd be able to be able to punch you. Uh, at work and get away with it like Draymond. If probably not. If he would, he'd, not. Probably get in that <laughs> he'd probably have a couple more repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's that's our news. We just wanted to touch a little bit more on that since the video came out. Guys, let's get into let's get into some picks here. Let's get let's into some it. futures. Um, so, like we said, six days away, we're, we're going to go through all the awards. Um, we're going to give you guys a few winners people who who were high on who maybe we think are some long shots but the the odds are in their favor or you know they have such great odds you'd be a fool not to sprinkle a little money on them we're gonna go start with rookie of the year all the way to mvp and then our finals picks um and then talk about who we think is going to have the most wins by the end of the season most losses who's gonna suck who's gonna be awesome stuff like that let's start with rookie of the year um pressure's on me here guys i i nailed it last year i think <laughs> i think i gave i gave out one pick and one pick only it was scotty barnes um he brought home he brought home the bacon um this year fraud win. i have two i have two picks <laughs> that was a fraud win it might have been a fraud win he's very good mobley's very I, good too I it was closer to upset one way or the other yeah, yeah it, it was it was more of a toss-up that's what I'm gonna call it. Anyway, I, I do have Mobley coming up here. We, we we both have Mobley in a few spots here, so plenty of Mobley to talk about. Rookie of the year this year. I couldn't get away from what I saw from the first glimpses of this guy. My favorite here is Keegan Murray at plus four fifty to win the award. Um, I think you could go some other directions with this. I just think Keegan to me looks 
the most pro ready as far as his mechanics on the basketball court. I think Paulo is definitely up there in that in that regard too. But Keegan's three point stroke in uh, the summer league games, just the way he was carrying himself. I believe he's an older rookie, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, he's, he's a, a bit older than all these other prospects. I think he's going to have crazy volume um, playing in a team like Sacramento. But I think it's different a little bit this time around with Sacramento than the, the past couple of years because I think they have more stability and they have more of a core, but no one that's really going to take away opportunities from Keegan Murray. Like I like that they have a Sabonis there now. I like that they have more bench pieces. They're, they're going to be a more competitive team overall, basically. Um, and, and for that reason, I like Keegan Murray. My second pick is Jaden Ivey at plus 650. This one I'll be a little more short about. I just love the talent of Jaden Ivey. I think this is a guy who can explode on the scene. He's an, He can be an offensive juggernaut. And I think the Pistons are, are going to be on the rise this year and, you know, start start making some noise in, in the league, not just the Eastern Conference. So I, I it's more of a, like I like the talent thing of Jaden Ivey. I think Keegan Murray's opportunity is going to be a little better. But, yeah. Keegan Murray plus 450, Jaden Ivey at plus 650 are my rookie of the year picks. Let's see if I can repeat. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Um, I'm don't I only don't want Jaden Ivey to win your rookie of the year pick because then I'll just be very upset that the Pistons look good all year. <laughs> so let's not hope for that. I'm going with the favorite, not being pretty boring here, but Love Paolo Bancaro, it's plus 175, whatever. It's boring. It's it's whatever. It's probably not the smart pick odds-wise to go with here. But that Orlando team, we talked about it, guys, last week, how much we loved Orlando or a couple weeks ago. Um, and I feel like Paolo is just going to fit right in. I'm so excited to see him next to Franz Wagner, like what they can do as the two wings on that team. Um, love their I, – I think their guards are only getting better regardless of what you think about – Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. Um, and I just think Pancaro just is since we talked about him in the draft last year, he's the most NBA ready guy to step in and just have an impact right away. And I feel like that's why Orlando took him too, because they see this young core and wanted to give it like a jolt right away. Um, so I just think what what realistically though, like what can we expect for him to average or something like that? Like, could he get like average 17, 18 points a game in his rookie year? Because I kind of feel like he could if he's hitting his jumpers that that's going to be the biggest thing is if he can get into rhythm with his offense and everything. But I just feel like there's so much upside and a higher floor than a lot of guys that I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm picking Apollo. But there's Stevie, there's a guy that you have on your list here that I really like. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got a few guys on my list. Cause of course, I mean, it. Uh, you guys know I'm going to find the weirdest long shot odds too, because you always got to sprinkle a little bit on it, but I'll go with who I think is my favorite to win the award. And it's Jabari Smith Jr. at plus 650. I thought he should have gone first overall in the draft. I know he's younger. He's maybe not as polished as Keegan Murray or Paulo Bancaro right now, but the Jabari Smith Jr. ceiling is just absurdly high. And the big thing for for me when I'm looking at this rookie of the year is I think I don't really think we have a rookie who's probably going to average over 20 points a game. So you're going to have to help out with a little bit of playmaking and defense. And Jabari Smith Jr. is probably the best defender, I think, of all the players who are in contention for rookie of the year. And I think that's really going to help him because as you saw with Scotty Barnes that kind of helped him win it last year, he was very good on the defensive side of the court as well. And you also too, and this is the main reason why I'm kind of out on Keegan Murray, Dunny, 
at Iowa, Keegan Murray did what he needed to do. He was just a great player, very consistent player. But the NBA is really about the highlights, those highlight real plays, and that's what Jabari Smith is. He is he is a walking highlight reel. Jaden Ivey definitely is too. But Jabari Smith can throw down those huge dunks. He can make those incredible blocks, those incredible plays. He can make those three-pointers. And he really didn't really show any true weaknesses at Auburn except really kind of playmaking and facilitating. And I don't think that'll be a huge issue with the Rockets because I think his usage rate is going to be through the roof. If you want to win rookie of the year, you got to have a lot of opportunities as a rookie. And I know Bancaro is, you know, probably the most pro ready, Jake. But the big thing with Bancaro is that the Magic, we think they're going to be good. We think there's a lot of other good pieces on this team. The Rockets, it's Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and then a bunch of other super young guys that really have to prove themselves. So I think the Houston Rockets aren't really going to have expectations of, hey, we're really not probably going to win much this year, but we have a nice young core we want to work around. They're going to let Jabari kind of, I think his leash is going to be a little bit longer. They'll let him do whatever he wants. And I think with that, he's going to put up the numbers that'll help him for rookie of the year. I love Jabari Smith at plus 650. I think his option. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Before you go to your next guy, I just wanted yeah. to say that the the reasoning behind thinking someone, the team is going to be good was part of the reason Scotty Barnes won that award last year, as I complained about earlier. It was also because Agreed. the Raptors were a good team and he was contributing yeah, the, to winning basketball. The, the Cavs were a good team, too. I think that definitely. It, Cavs like, will get no respect, Stevie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> No respect. We don't get no credit for injuries, nothing. I know, I know. But no, but I, I do think it plays into it. But I also think, too, if you have a good team, other guys are going to get their points. They're going to get their numbers. And I just don't think Carroll this year will put up the numbers of a first overall pick. That's all I'm saying. I think he'll, have, he'll be a great role, a great help for the Magic. I just don't think he'll put up those dotty numbers because I just don't think he's going to have as high of a usage rate as a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. That's the big difference there. Now, my second guy here, 10 to 1 odds. It's more of an odds play because the team's going to be probably doggy doo-doo. But he's playing alongside Tyrese Halliburton, who's really going to give him a ton of opportunities. It's Ben Matherin out of Arizona. You want to talk about highlights, Ben Matherin, just look up Ben Matherin, top plays of Arizona last year. He has some dunks that are scary. I mean, this guy is a monster. And he also, too, is another big-time player. He makes those big dunks. He can make those big shots and on the pacers we had talked about this earlier guys we could see buddy healed and miles turner both on the move at some point early in the season that opens up the door for Ben Matherin for a ton of opportunities next to an incredible playmaking point guard like tyrese halliburton so i think just on the odds play 10 to 1 he's going to get a lot of opportunities and then the last one this is a pure sprinkle i don't really think it's going to happen but ochai abaji at 28 to 1 i think is too high of odds on a utah jazz team now part of that trade he was a big piece coming back in the donovan mitchell deal i think he's going to have a ton of opportunities utah another team that we could see sell off a lot of players which would give a lot more opportunities for these young guys and abaji is probably the a big piece that they got back right you got sexton you got abaji they want to see what they can get abaji his best games were against the best competition in the NCAA tournament or in some of those big, big 12 games for Kansas. That's when he played his best. So he kind of rises to his level of competition. I could see Abaji, you know, kind of just maybe a slower start because maybe he doesn't get as many minutes. But Abaji could be someone who almost kind of makes that Jalen Green type season where he starts a little slow. And then next thing you know, he's getting 30 plus minutes in the second half of the season. He's 
putting up a ton of numbers because Abaj is exactly the type of guard you want or shooting guard, hybrid, whatever you want to call him, you want because he's a three and D player. He's going to make the shots. He's going to play good defense for you. And he can create his own shot, which is key for rookies at the start of their NBA career. But my official pick, Jabari Smith at plus 650. And then, of course, you know i got to sprinkle up some long shots. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be my pick if we're not sprinkling a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm, I was, I'm also with you on Ben Matherin, going against yeah. everything I said about good teams. I don't think Indiana's going to be good. No. Him and Halliburton are going to be very fun to watch this year, and they yeah. could, it could lead to some crazy, some crazy stats from that guy. Yeah, so – Six, uh, rookie of the year. It's I think that's always one of my funnest awards to follow, just because it's usually there's usually like one to three guys who it's like everyone's closely watching, but it's the NBA is such a long season, and it's um it, not that I thought this guy was in the race last year, but like you think of a guy like Jalen Green who started so slow but then came on so strong at the end of the year. Yeah. And like, you even have to consider guys like that. So like, even if there is a player who was highly anticipated and starts slow, but then starts to dazzle, you know, the last 40, 45 games of the season, they can still get their, uh, their name in the mix. It's just a good way to, to learn the young players to the future of the league. So all, all the guys we talked about are, are super exciting. I'm, I'm excited to watch them play this year. But let's let's move on to a category of guys who have been in the league looking to improve the most improved player of the year. Mine, mine, it just it made too much sense to me when I looked at this. RJ Barrett was sitting there at plus 2000. And whether the Knicks wanted it to go this way or not, because we think that they again missed out on some of the sweepstakes of the superstars over the summer. But whether they like it or not, they put all their eggs in R.J. Barrett's basket. I think R.J. Barrett, it's it's time, right? Uh, he, you know, he's in the same draft class as Zion. He was overlooked. People thought that he was going to be star as soon as he got to New York. That just wasn't the reality of the situation. Now they brought in Brunson. He has a legit point guard. Uh, I don't think they're going to lean on Julius Randle as they did, like they did in the past few years. They shouldn't. And I really think that they're going to say it's time. It's R.J. Barrett time. They're going to lean on him. They're going to demand a lot for him. And I think he knows that it's time for him to deliver. I think last year his outside shot improved a bunch. He's a guy who plays both ends of the floor. And I think we see an offensive explosion from R.J. this year and just just a takeover because the New York Knicks should be R.J. Barrett's team. And it's it's kind of up to him if he if he wants to make that happen or not. I really liked R.J. Barrett at plus 2,000. I do want to give one more because I just saw the odds before I was about to uh, move on here. But my guy, Scotty Barnes, who won Rookie of the Year last year, is sitting at plus 2,800. And he's a guy who I think can improve immensely from last season. He's just such a good talent. I think it will be a little tough for him for his numbers to improve drastically. So it is a bit of a reach just because how good the Raptors are and the other you know, talented guys around him. But I also love that for Scotty Barnes. So I'm honestly, I think that for the sake of the podcast, I'm not making this a pick, but RJ Barrett, probably my favorite guy, me and you have been 
big RJ people for a very long time now. So I think all of us have been big RJ Barrett people. Yeah. Um, this award is fucking weird to me though, because John Morant winning last year just yeah. throws me off so much. Cause dude was like, I understand he took another leap, but he was already like, I already thought of John Morant as a star. Maybe he ascended to a higher superstar level, whatever. But so like, I feel like the voters can kind of decide the criteria year by year. So you kind of have to like keep that in mind when you go with it. Um, obviously, my homer pick is going to be Evan Mobley, but that's that's also thinking that his life is going to be so much easier offensively now that he has two guards who are going to be able to feed him. And just the work that everything coming out of Cavs camp and all summer about Mobley has just been the work on his offensive game and on his shooting that he's been doing, which if he's hitting like mid-range jumpers efficiently, he's, he's going to have some crazy stat nights of like, yeah high 20s rebounds and points multiple times this year. And that's going to help him a lot in this case. Um, but when I get to the weird part of what's the narrative going to be and everything else, um, two guys really there's, – there's a couple other names here that I really do like. I think Zion at 14 to 1 is too – the odds are not – it's not worth it to try to do that. But he's a really interesting case if you think that he is going to return to superstar level. It's almost like a comeback player of the year type yeah. thing, and they'll just disguise it as improved. But Cade Cunningham is, I think, my favorite bet of this because Cade looks so comfortable by the end of last year. Like you said, Donnie, earlier, he's got Ivy coming in to relieve some pressure off of him too um, at those guard responsibilities. And I just think the world of Cade Cunningham and definitely think that he is sized up for a huge sophomore leap where we start talking about him in, in – some serious conversations about you know guys that are going to be the faces of the league coming soon like i've thought about cage just been so smooth to me for so long and he just started it looked like it just clicked in at some point last year and that's when i joke about the pistons being terrified i'm not actually joking because Cade cunningham being the face of the pistons is actually terrifying and should be to any central division or eastern conference fan because he is going to be very good very soon yeah i mean I, I like your picks. I kind of like the theme you're going with, Jake, right? You're taking young guys kind of in their second, third year, ready to take a leap. And I think that's what you have to do with most improved player of the year. I'm, I, I pulled it up while you were talking because I was curious about previous winners of most improved. Obviously, you had Ja last year. But if you look at these, these are all big names, all-star guys. You have Ja, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Victor Oladipo, and then Giannis of the last, you know, six most improved players of the year. So it really is guys now, maybe outside of Oladipo because due to injuries or whatnot. But these guys have all turned into kind of perennial all-stars. And that's basically mm -hmm. where I'm looking for uh, most improved is I a, guess, yeah. a, a young player. Jaw winning is more with it, just comparatively to pool because pool was literally a G leaguer who turned into yes. a borderline all-star. I mean, that's, that's like, I feel like just the drastic jump of what we Agreed. thought Jordan pool in a year was more that, but continue. No, no, I, I agree with you there, but I think the big reason Jod did win is he went from people's mindset of, of, oh, he's a good player with a lot of potential to, oh, he already reached that potential. Like, this guy's incredible. And I'm not, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I don't love the team. I don't think they're going to be great this year, but I'm going to take another Houston Rocket as my first pick. Jalen Green at 28 to 1 just seems like ridiculously high odds for me. Mm -hmm. Jalen Green, this is a guy last year who could barely 
find his shot in the first half of this season, and he was still averaging around 15 a game. He was shooting the ball so much, but he could barely kind of find the flow to the NBA offense. It looked awkward, and then something clicked after the All-Star break. This guy in March and April averaged around 25 points a game. That is one thing that is big for me to see for most improved player of the year because he kind of already made the jump at the end of the season, but no one really paid attention because the Rockets were out of it. No one really cared about the Rockets. Like, yeah, Jalen Green's playing with a bunch of randoms at the end of games. He's putting up numbers. But I think he's going to carry that into this year where he's going to start putting up some really, really big number games. And Jalen Green is a pure scorer. So what's really going to help him, I think, win this award is if you're going to see, oh, Jalen Green had 44 points tonight. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to look at Jalen Green. Like, there's guys I like a lot. Like, trust me, I love Evan Mobley, and he's definitely on my short list, too, of guys I may sprinkle on. But the big thing with Jalen Green is he's someone who could put up 50 points in a game. And that's just going to be engraved in the minds of people who are watching the NBA. And when they look at this award at the end of the year, they're going to be like, wow, Jalen Green averaged 24 points a game. Like, that's a huge jump from his rookie. And that's kind of where I'm going in this direction. I'm going to go Jalen Green at 28 to one. I think the odds are way too crazy. I think he should be one of the favorites, not like down, you know, 10 names down the list. So he's my favorite. I'm also tailing Evan Mobley with you, Jake, just for the pure potential on both sides of the court, offensively and defensively. He's someone who has a legitimate chance to win defensive player of the year. He's someone who has a chance to win most improved player of the year. He's someone for the Cavs who could be a walking double-double for them and average over two blocks a game. Evan Mobley, we saw what he could do at USC. We saw flashes up at his first year in Cleveland, and he is not a bad outside shooter, but he's he's starting to develop it a little bit. And you're right, Jake. If he can get just a mid-range game going, it's going to be lethal. And he's got so many opportunities. You know how many Mobley videos? You know how many Mobley videos mm-hmm. I watched this summer of him? And I, I was all in on the workout Mobley, little, yep. little run around Jays, just doing the little mid-range session. He's hitting everything. I was like, oh, man. And the big thing for Mobley is he's also going to be on a team that we all think will improve. Yeah, the Cavs made the play in last year, but now we think the Cavs are going to be a legitimate in the East. They add Donovan Mitchell. I think that helps Mobley because you see the team improve and then you see a young player who's part of their core Mobley improve. Really going to help him. And then the last one here, I'm going to different New York Nick than RJ Barrett. 80-1, to ain't no stopping. OB Toppin. The Knicks finally, the last, I think, dozen games last year actually gave him 30 plus minutes and he was dominating at the end of the year. I know he wasn't playing against the best competition, but OB Toppin averaged 27 points a game in April. They were letting him shoot threes and he was hitting threes. And that's what we've been seeing in the preseason is OB Toppin's getting minutes with the other big names on this team. He's hitting his shots. He, he is also a walking highlight reel. We saw the classic OB Toppin dunk through the legs. People are going to get excited about that. And if you go from OB Toppin, who's basically just been riding the bench is like the eighth ninth option on the Knicks in his first year even if he just gets to like 15 16 points a game and he puts up some of those crazy dunks I think 80 to 1 is long enough odds where you could just sprinkle a little bit but my official pick we're going back to back Rockets here Jalen Green 28 to 1 I I I have to do it I think this is a guy who can legitimately average over 25 a game and even if you're on a bad team if you're putting up numbers like that, I have to take you at 28 to 1 for most improved. You're muted, Donnie. Oh, my bad, boys. I was just saying, I, I, I like 
I like how diverse we're getting with all these picks. We're, we're covering covering a lot of ground here, talking about Stevie a lot of different is, players. Stevie is going to only watch Southwest Division games this year. That's what he's going to watch. He's going to watch all the Rockets games, all the Mavs games. He's going to watch the terrible Spurs tank. It's just going to be all Southwest. He's going to be like, Stevie Southwest Rocket Spurs tonight. Jalen was cooking mm. Keldon all game. We were like, Stevie, no. No one – three people. No watched one watched that. that. <laughs> that's, that's what League Pass is for. I get to switch between all these games. Ian, you know, I lose my mind on random college basketball games. I'll probably be losing my mind in a 20-point blowout in a Spurs game. You'll be like, Steve, just shut up. Like, we're watching we're watching 76 with the Celtics. All right, we'll deal with you later. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we um... – yeah, we're having a little too much fun already with the awards, and and the the next one coming up is one of my favorites. The the Lou Will Award is the six man. We got the it, admittedly this is an easy pick for me. It's a homer pick, but I honestly think that if health, which has been an issue for this guy in the past, I think if it holds up, it's a no brainer. If he can just get the amount of whatever the league sets the line at for the amount of games you need to play to win this award. I think it's a lock if he can get that done. It's Malcolm Brogdon, the new addition to the Boston Celtics, a guy who's been a starter for most of his career, or at least plays starter minutes for all the teams he's been on. Plus 1,000 odds for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he, he just finds himself in such, such a good situation. You know, he, he gets to play alongside the Jays. Yep. He gets to play alongside guys who play above the rim. And I don't think the Celtics are notoriously known for this, but the Celtics have a lot of shooters on this roster as well. Even their bigs can step out and hit the three. You put Brogdon in that situation, it's it's just a recipe for success. I mean, this is a guy who literally will probably average close to 10 assists off the bench for this team, a team that is you know likely to be a contender again unless the you know the whole coaching situation has them flame out i don't think that will be the case but yeah brogdon to me is just a no-brainer i mean he's a guy who has shot 40 percent from three in his career i just me- mentioned the assist numbers speak for themselves he he can do a little bit of everything right and then you put him on this championship pedigree team that he's already bought into and said that he's going to embrace this six-man bench role um, yeah, Brogdon was just a no-brainer for me. It's going to be a guy who I'm going, going to watch a lot of this year. A guy who I saw play in person for the first time the other night, and it, it, it was just the stamp of approval I needed for this pick. Well, he's so underrated. Brogdon's so, so underrated. underrated. And now he's in a big basketball market, right? So people are going to notice him. I actually love that pick, Tony. Yeah, it's not a in Milwaukee when they, were, when they were no good, and then Indiana. <laughs> And yeah. now he's in Boston. <laughs> it's definitely not a homer pick. I love that pick. I think it's I'm, I'm going to confirm it's not a homer pick because Malcolm Brogdon was the only pick that I could make in this. Everything you said, if he's healthy and he's not starting, like which I feel like he might start a lot, especially with Rob out to start the year. Yeah. Um, I know Bill Simmons, who's obviously very acute on the Celtics, really mm-hmm. loved the I really love the ways so far that Brogdon, Smart, Tatum, Brown, and Horford has looked to begin the year so that might just be their best lineup and who knows yeah he's gonna that's be the only thing i worry lineup, about I think, it's yeah sure. oh he's definitely gonna be a closing lineup so i'm that's the old my only concern with betting on him so if i had to pick somebody else because dunny put it so eloquently there with Brogdon, <laughs> dude, it's the highest thing i'm going with luke Kennard at, at 
at plus 4,000 here because, and this is also just, I think, um, Stevie, you're going to get into this too with a clipper, I believe. Yeah. The clip, how high I am on the clippers, but we've been waiting for this canard breakout since he signed that humongous deal with the clippers. And now, if this team is final, this is the deepest this team's ever been. If they can stay healthy, one of these guys off their bench might just be a prime candidate just because they're going to be so damn good offensively night to night if they are playing at their peak. Um, and Kennard is a guy who is going to have the most open looks of his career, ideally, if they're if, if best case scenario with everything, um, either because of Kawhi and PG just being able to do what they do and staying healthy, or maybe, you know, maybe John Wall's not too bad. And he, we know how he can be as a distributor um, and, and anything else. So I just have I have high hopes for the Clippers, and that's why I feel like it's ta- worth taking a stab on a guy high or super low odds like that. Uh, canard there but Donnie or sorry stevie what do you got here for your picks so i love your reasoning for luke canard and i'm i'm going with uh norman powell at 25 to 1 is the last time i saw that plus 2500 the big thing with me with powell is similar to brogdon Donnie. he's just someone who's been slept on his whole career because he hasn't been on you know the best teams. I mean, he's averaged over 17, averaging close to 19 points a game the past three years. And Jake, you talked about it with the Clippers. They're going to be a good team and they're going to score a lot. They're a deep team. I think the big thing for me for six men of the year, I want to see multiple scenarios in which they're going to play when they don't start. That means end game run. And I think Powell will get some end game opportunities with the Clippers when they play maybe a little smaller and Powell plays the two, right? And then you have Kawhi and Paul as the three, four. I want to see opportunities in blowouts where the six man just comes off the bench and just balls, taking 25 shots a game. And the Clippers are a great team. They give him a lot of opportunities to do so. And I want to see someone who is like, able to handle that type of volume and that's what norman powell is he's a volume shooter he can put up those types of numbers you talk about the lou williams award that's what his bread and butter was was on volume shooting in games where he just come off the bench and give him a spark and i think norman powell's in the perfect situation for that with the clippers so norman powell's my first pick and i told you guys i'm, I'm gonna give multiple picks for every award that's just how it's gonna go I don't love anyone else because I do really like Brogdon at 10 to 1, but I, I got to go a little deeper with the odds here. Spencer Dinwiddie, 22 to 1. The thing with Dinwiddie, he could take on the Brunson role for Dallas. I think Hardaway's going to start for Dallas, and I think Dinwiddie's going to take on that Brunson role that's going to be, you know, that secondary guard to Luca, where maybe he starts a few games. He's definitely going to get late game run where they're going to play a little smaller, but he's also going to be able to kind of lead his own guys out there we've seen Dinwiddie kind of do it before he can put up big numbers when he has to be that guy and I think a year in the offseason with the Mavericks is going to kind of help him get more consistent because he showed flashes of it for the Mavericks last year but his inconsistency was kind of a concern I think we'll see Dinwiddie have a better year I think he has a good chance to do it especially too if we think the Mavs are going to have a big year and Luca's going to carry him Dinwiddie's definitely, he's going to need some help with the supporting cast. I'm going Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie over Wood just because it's Wood's first year there with Dallas. I'm not really sure what his role is going to be yet. I'll go Spencer Dinwiddie. And then the last one here, kind of 
because of the injury to Lonzo Ball, and we saw that Ayo DeSumo was going to be in the starting lineup. I'm going to go Kobe White at 40-1. to Kobe White finally healthy coming into a season, which is big. Kobe White, another guy, volume shooter. He's going to get his. And what do we know about Chicago Bulls? They love to score a lot of points, and they can't play a lick of defense, and that is Kobe White's bread and butter. He's going to be someone who will be able to score a lot for them off the bench, and I think the Bulls are going to be in a lot of high-scoring, high-total games, which means there's going to be a lot more opportunities to score baskets a lot more shot, a lot faster pace. So Kobe White, little sprinkle. I don't love White or Dinwiddie, but I have to give him out there. My official pick is going to be Powell, but it's so hard at 10-1 to 1 with Brogdon to just pass that up, especially the type of team he's on. The Celtics are the best for having that guy come off the bench and then just play with the starters for the rest of the game. Yeah. You, you know what I was just thinking of when – and I guess – Montrez Harrell kind of ruined this, but it is crazy how often just scoring guards win this award. That's what and I'm obviously, saying. like it's Lou Lou Will's award, so like mm-hmm. yes, he comes to mind, and yes, he fits that description. But I just I looked it up as you were talking, Stevie, and I forgot about Montrez in 2020. But that was you know weird season as it was anyway, and I believe was he was. Lou Will was still on the team in 2020 and they were kind of both up in the air for who was going to win that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then the next big or like semi big who won it was Lamar Odom, who in 2011. So, I mean, that's nine years. It was all guards, you know, a bunch of Lou Will, Eric Gordon, Jamal Crawford, a couple of times, J.R. Smith, James Harden in 2012. And then Lamar Odom, and then from Lamar Odom, another seven years before that was Antoine Jameson. And both Jameson and Odom were kind of hybrids for their time who mm-hmm. were exceptional scorers and didn't really play like traditional bigs. It, it, it's, it's pretty interesting when you, when you think about the award that way and, and kind of the way it's gone. But, yeah, it really is just like a, a scoring it's, – it's a scoring guards award. So yeah. I think we're, I we're think- all kind of in the right ballpark. Yeah, I think that's kind of the direction we have to go, right? I mean, the scoring guard just kind of fits the perfect mold for six-man of the year. You talk about defensive player of the year, it's normally a big, and the outlier last year was Marcus Smart. I feel like you have to kind of follow the trend there. It's just they're not really ever going to pick a six-man. Someone coming off the bench that only gets like six points a game but plays really good defense. There's a lot of great guys that do that in the NBA that just don't get recognized. If you want to get recognized off the bench, what's the easiest way to do it? Put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So keep keep an eye out for those scoring guards this year. Um, those those are all our picks. And now to something that you just said, Stevie. Bigs usually win this award. Defensive Player of the Year. I switch it up. I I went the Stevie approach here. I have three picks for the people. Um, one more of like a long shot, but also something I want to talk to you guys about because it's pretty interesting to me, at least at least the odds for him. Um, I'm starting with Jake Scott, though, Evan Mobley, plus 1,600. I think the defensive upside for a guy like Mobley, and we talk about it for his offensive game and the addition to Donovan Mitchell and the team being better, how much easier his life will be on the offensive end. I think that bodes true for defensively as well because I just think I just think his life in general is going to be easier now I think everyone who benefited from the Cavs success last year 
will benefit even more this year. I think they're just going to be a much better team. I think they're going to be a much better group. I think their chemistry is going to be better. And I think that just lets and allows Mobley to flourish. I think his leash is going to be longer. I think they're going to have him on the court more. I think he's going to be more comfortable. And him playing alongside Jared Allen will just be so easy for him to play defense. I mean, they have the Twin Towers below. He's already an exceptional shot blocker. They're going to send him to defend the perimeter a lot more than they'll send Allen out there. And then when they ultimately go small, it's going to be Mobley and not Allen. So the combination of all those things, I just I love the odds here. I think he was a great defender in college. I think, you know, by the end of last season, I was taking Mobley block shot props almost every game that the Cavs played on national television because it was just like this guy just goes out there, scores and block shots. Um, and that that's a big part of the award, right? We just talked about it. Bigs usually get this because it, it's easier for them to defensive rebound and it's easier for them to block shots. And he's no slouch guard in the perimeter too. So that that's why I like Mobley there. Another guy, Ben Simmons. I think, you know, for all the reasons that I talked about life being easy for Mobley, Talk about playing next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and tell me how easy that will be for you. I think Ben Simmons, if he can keep his head on, if he can, you know, get along with teammates, if he can stay on the court, I think this is his award to lose because he's, he's you know, he's one of the best defenders in the world, right? He just, he's been a, a mystery the last two years. But, you know, if we can solve this mystery, I think it ends with him being defensive player of the year. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the Ben Simmons thing short because I, that's more just me believing in the talent and hoping for a bounce back there. This last one, guys, Robert Williams. He was, he was in the race last year. His own teammate beat him out. Marcus Smart got the award. I wasn't going to put him um, in this because I figured he would miss too much time with him. You know, that 8 to 12 week window, basically a quarter of the season he's supposed to miss with this knee procedure that he got. But his odds are at plus 850. So obviously Vegas knows something we don't. They're anticipating that he'll be in the running, and that's that's decent odds. I mean, they're anticipating that he's going to be in the running all season long for this award. I mean, we saw him playing on limited time last year. He had his name in this conversation. It sucks that, you know, we're kind of already going into the season with him missing a chunk, missing a chunk of playing time, but um, I just think he's so good in the limited time that, you know, he will be on the court. He's just such a difference maker. Um, like I was saying about Mobley, he he defends the perimeter a lot better than, you know, people like to give him credit for or that than other bigs do. And he's just an exceptional shot blocker. I mean, his – I don't know the exact numbers, but he has way more blocked shots than missed shots in his career, which is just still one of my favorite stats um, in basketball. Yeah, it, it's Rob Williams the third. He's an exceptional defender. If if he can somehow get his name in this running, he's gonna have a fighting chance all year just because of how good of a defender he is. I can't argue with. I mean, I really can't argue with any of those picks, especially if Rob. Yeah, if he if he shows out, like he would be. Honestly, he would have been probably my pick if he was gonna be healthy. That would have been yeah. easy. He would have been. Fine. I love the Simmons upside. I'm just not even sure he's going to be, like, great defensively yet. That's what I'm worried about. Like, I don't know what to expect from the Nets at all. Like, at 
Oh, it makes three of <laughs> you us. can tell me a million things <laughs> and it could happen. Um, I'm going, I'm starting my theme to end this podcast here. Giannis is my number one pick here, 10 to 1. I mean, I don't really have to go into what Giannis is going to do defensively. We know what he's going to probably be able to do defensively. So I just feel like this could be another year of Giannis in the NBA, to be honest. And so that would mean him winning DPOY. I do think Gobert at plus 425 is still a very good pick to make because we know he's going to be awesome defensively during the regular season. Um, It's a great narrative. If the Timberwolves get like 50-plus wins and Gobert's anchoring them, they're a good defense. I could see that just – so easily getting going to go bear and then they get bounced in the first round again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. You'll never be able to argue Giannis or Gobert, right? Because they're always going to put up those defensive yeah. numbers. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about yours, Dunny, which is kind of crazy to me with Rob Williams, it's the sh- third shortest odds right now. And it's a guy who we thought was going to miss you know, a good start of the season. So it, it's very weird. I usually don't True. like taking injured players. You're right. The odds are screaming to you that Vegas thinks he's going to be back sooner. They think that he's going to be back sooner than everyone else. So that's the only reason I threw him in. I didn't even think he'd be on the list. No, and even if he was on the list, I thought it would be much longer shot. I mean, right now he has better odds than Giannis, which is just wild to (laughs) me. That that is crazy. It's crazy. Um, I'm going with three picks, of course. I got to give three picks. I'm going to go a little opposite order here. I'm going to give two guys. I don't think they'll win it, but I love the odds. The first one, Scotty Barnes, 50 to 1. All right, here's the thing about Scotty Barnes. He was in scouted for his defense at Florida State. He was a defensive monster at Florida State. He was a defensive monster. He, what did they love about him at Florida State? His lateral quickness and his defense on perimeter and interior he also is a pretty good score and he put up the numbers in dunny i think you said you think he's going to take a huge jump this year if he doesn't take the jump offensively he'll take it defensively i think scotty barnes yeah. is someone who could really help the raptors defensively he already got hardware with rookie of the year last year so why not add something else with defensive player of the year the spotlight's already on scotty barnes he just won rookie of the year people want to see what he can do so he's gonna be in the light and 50 to 1 is just too crazy of odds for me for a guy who despite winning rookie of the year, I think is a better defensive player than offensive player. So Scotty Barnes, 50 to one. I have to, I have to sprinkle a little bit on that. And then going off what you said, Evan Mobley, I mean, everything just kind of speaks that Evan Mobley can be a defensive, just menace for the next five, 10 years. I mean, he has the, the height he has the wingspan you said he plays next to jared allen he has the ability there to put up a lot of numbers he could lead the league in blocks and i wouldn't blink an eye at it evan mobley someone as well but my pick it's stevie southwest today guys stevie southwest here i'm going to herb jones 33 to one herb jones i think he's the best defensive player out of last year's class herb jones was incredible at alabama and he showed that for the pelicans he really didn't do too much offensively last year but the reason he started a lot of games towards the end of the year the reason he got big minutes was his defense he made some highlight reel type of reaction blocks or steals you name it and the big thing why i love herb jones at 33 to one we all think the Pelicans are going to be a great team this year. We all think they're going to improve. We expect Zion to come back and be as good, if not better, than what 
most expectations for Zion are this year. McCollum seems locked in for the Pelicans. Ingram's going to be good. And Herb Jones is going to be playing with all of them every time they're on the court. He's going to start for this team. He's this team's best defender, and it's not even close. And if you have a team, Zion's a great defender too. Don't get, get me wrong. Wrong. But if you have a of weapons around you, you need that type of three and D guy. And Herb Jones is the definition of that. Herb Jones, his reaction time, his wingspan, everything just lines up for someone who can get two plus blocks and possibly even close to two plus steals a game. This is someone who can put up some ridiculous box scores that we will see this year where he's going to have like six steals and four blocks in the same game. And he's going to be on a team that a lot of people have their eyes on. That's going to improve that will have you guys saw it before he got hurt when Zion's healthy, he's everywhere on national television. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on Herb Jones. I love him at 33 to one. I think he's going to win multiple defensive players of the year in his career. So why not start one off in year two? Herb Jones, 33 to one, Stevie Southwest. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love the picks there. I, I thought about Herb Jones, honestly, I, and he really already what what's nice about that and that pick is he kind of already sh- was a, able to showcase himself a little bit in the play-in and then in that first round yes. last year because I mean the Pelicans just made some noise without Zion that's just, that's just the yep. fact of the matter um he he got to he got to showcase he got to show how good of a defender he can be um, and, and it was awesome. So I like that pick. I did want to go Scotty there as well, Steve. I, I wanted mm-hmm. to. I just didn't want our, our listeners, our fans to think that I was hyping up Scotty too much. So I stayed away <laughs> from it. But no, I think that's a fantastic pick. I've I've been quoted uh, calling yeah. Scotty Barnes baby Kawhi. So I'm, yeah. I'm all in on that. I think they have very similar skill sets. Um, yeah, he's just he's a prototypical like body for being a good defender in this league he's big enough where he can handle it on the interior and um, he's already showed that he's a great perimeter defender so love all those picks do you guys want to get into the biggest picks of them all here most valuable player yes all right uh let's let's dice it up a little here jake why don't why don't you start with your with your mvps all right, well, my number one pick, this is – if there's a lock for me on this podcast that you should listen to and, and if you – and I would go with and take it to the grave, it is Giannis winning the MVP this year. I, I think Giannis, you know, year removed – tough, very, very tough loss in a seven-game grind fest with your Boston Celtics, Dunny, without one of his best players by his side. We know how motivated this guy can make himself, and I just feel like – I think this is probably going to be the best team in the NBA this year in the regular season. I think they'll be the favorites going into the playoffs. And I think, obviously, it's going to be led the way by Giannis. I think he just returns to his usual brilliance and maybe even just has, you know, one of his peak years that we'll see, we'll look at in the history books and be like, damn, Giannis was had averaged 31 and 11 that year, 31, 11 and 7 all year long or most of the mm-hmm. year, like something crazy like that. Don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility for him to get better. We've seen, we saw in the summer his jump shot, you know, looking really good in in some of those Euro games. It's always been the thing with Giannis. If he can get a consistent outside jumper, he's unstoppable. So maybe that is more consistent this year. I just think Giannis, I'm just rolling with that, and I'll feel good about that pick. 
every year for the next however yeah. many years, 10 years. <laughs> but my long shot pick is Kawhi, baby. I'm buying all the way back into Kawhi. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to play enough games, but I think that all the too much talk I've heard is about the unknowns about the Clippers. And that's fair because we haven't seen Kawhi on the court, but we know he's healthy now. And the last time we saw Kawhi Leonard on the court, he was pretty damn good. He's pretty yeah. damn good. So yeah. I think he's a guy who wants to prove something at this point. Whether We don't know anything about him, but it does seem like he cares about legacy at least a little bit. So give me Kawhi there as my second pick, but I'm leaning all the way in with Giannis here. Steve, you want to go? I suppose. I suppose. So I'll, I I saw you had this guy, you know, so I'll let you talk about it a little bit too, but we're starting with Luca. We're, we're starting with Luka Doncic. He's shown no reason that he can't win an MVP. How do you win an MVP? You got to be a fan favorite. You got to put up the numbers and you got to put up the highlights in the big games. And Luca does all three. And the Mavs, I don't, I don't know how good the Mavs are going to be this year, but if they are going to be a good team, it's going to be through number 77, Luka Doncic. He's just going to have probably the highest usage rate in the NBA, which is what you need to put up those numbers. He's just got to stay healthy the whole year, and we saw at the end of last year, he was turning into a triple-double machine. So, Luka, I'll be short with that one. Of course, it's a bias pick. It's always a bias pick when I give out Luka, but Luka's the first one. Second one here, and it's it's kind of a combination of an odds play. It's also Stevie Southwest, but it's a combination of an odds play <laughs> and also someone I think that's in a great, great situation to win the MVP. It's John Morant at 14 to 1. I, I love John Morant at 14 to 1 here. He won rookie of the year, then he wins most improved player. Why not go for the three peak and win the I MVP? Mean, that would be wild. It would be crazy, but if there's anyone who can do it, it's John Morant because he does everything you want an MVP to do. And the big thing for me, why I think John Morant can win this award, I think John's capable of putting up 30 a game. But what we saw in the playoffs is that John was becoming, and in the end of last season, well, was becoming a much better playmaker, a much better passer. He was really getting his teammates involved. And I think this Grizzlies team is going to be really good. It's basically the same course last year. They added a few pieces, but this Grizzlies team, fun to watch they were so exciting last year i think they take another step up this year and if the grizzlies become potentially and i'm not saying this is in the cards but if the grizzlies can become a 55 60 win team this year with that corn josh stays healthy he's going to put up those crazy numbers he really is and NBA fans love Ja. You got to be a fan favorite to win this award. You got to be someone people want to watch. Ja Morant is the definition of that. 14 to 1, I have to do it. And then the tiniest sprinkle. I mean, like you're taking a little sprinkle, then you're grabbing the sprinkle, and then you're taking a sprinkle of that sprinkle. You're doing a sprinkle of the sprinkle here because the odds are outlandish. I've seen it 300 to 1. I've seen it 500 to 1. Kate Cunningham. 300 to 1, 500 to 1 is too odds. Why are you trying to torture me? Do I think do I think he will win the MVP? No, I do not think he will win the MVP. But am I going to take this value? I will absolutely sprinkle a little bit on this value. Kate Cunningham is basically what Lucas Doncic is doing for the Mavs, except Kate Cunningham has a couple really nice pieces next to him. Sadiq Bay, of course, you got Jaden Ivey, the rookie share. We think the Pistons will be better. We all took their over. We think they're going to be a fun team. Kate Cunningham. 
Also, just like Jalen Green, he he was dealing more with injuries, Cade was, but he improved big time in the second half of the year last year. Cade Cunningham is someone who can put up those types of numbers where he can fill the box score with triple doubles. He's a great playmaker. He can create his own shot. He's a good rebounder. Kate Cunningham is someone where I don't think it'll happen, but I would not be shocked if Kate Cunningham gets the type of numbers where he's averaging 25, 27 a game, seven, eight assists, eight, nine rebounds. And if you get close to a triple double, we saw it with Russell Westbrook. We saw it with James Harden. Doesn't really matter what else besides that, as long as you're putting up those types of numbers. I just think the odds are just ridiculous. Ridiculous. It should not be 300 to 500 to one odds. He should be closer to 100 to one odds, if that. And maybe I'd still sprinkle on that. But Kate Cunningham, I have to do that. But the official pick, the non biased official pick for Stevie Southwest is John Morant at 14 to 1. Love that. I, um, yeah, since, since you talked about Luca. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with all of those. I, I wanted to go this direction last year. Um, Luca was in the conversation a bit last year, but obviously I think Jokic and Embiid just took that conversation yeah. over. They, they were on a different level. I don't – I think Jokic will put up similar numbers. I just don't think the league wants to give him the three-peat. So I, that's, that's why – It's not I think that's why, not winning the MVP. That's what I mean. I think, I yeah. think it's literally – none of us would be surprised if he's in that conversation again. I think all three of us just know that the league won't yeah. do that. Um, because Except the, the disrespect thinks I'll win a third. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'll tell the people to sprinkle a little bit for Meerkat, but um, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be either of those guys. I don't think Embiid uh, will repeat those numbers from last year. Yeah. I, I really don't. And so it's it's Luca for me. I think he's improved every year. And the only thing I want to add on to what you said, Steve, is the only thing that's really gotten. Um, to Luca in the past and has really hasn't gotten him over that hump has been, he's been a little out of shape his career. I mean, yeah. you can see it. He's, he's a little bit of a doughy guy. He's never really been in exceptional shape. You know, he's, he got, he's got put on blast a couple of times for him not being able to, to guard other stars on the perimeter. And Jason Kidd was on the, all the smoke podcast the other day with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes and they kind of alluded to, they're like, yo, we saw Luca a couple times this summer. He's looking pretty chiseled. And and JK just kind of leaned in and like gave him a smirk. Like he's in exceptional shape. So I think that's what will get Luca over the hump. Yeah. I think his defense will be improved. And I think, you know, we're only going to see another jump in the scoring, rebounding, and and you know, dropping dimes because that's just Luca does everything. So I, I think that was, it's it's kind of the boring pick because I, I believe he's the odds on favorite right now to win MVP, right? I believe it's Luca. Yes. Yeah, it's Luca and Embiid. They're really close, but Luca is the favorite right now. Right. So a little boring, but I mean, you got to go with them. And then mine, yeah. Homer pick for sure, but I think he has the stats to back, back <laughs> it up. Jason Tatum. He was on the team that went to the finals last year, came up just short. And I don't know if you guys remember, Jason Tatum started the season awful last year. Well, yeah, shooting, the whole team, yeah. Poor so shooting. Were, they were 500. Yeah. They were, they were, yeah, they were, they were not a good team at the January. start of the year. Yeah. <laughs> they were 500 in January. And Jason Tatum, his, his three ball was bad all season because even when they started to figure it out and he was doing other things good, he shot, he shot poorly for him last year, and he still ended up shooting 35% from deep 
last season. He averaged 27 points, just under a block a game, a steal a game, four and a half assists, and eight total rebounds. I mean, if if you did blind blind resume and you, someone said that's what LeBron put up in you know whatever year it was, you'd be like, oh, he was in the MVP conversation. I think all those will go up. Scoring probably just a tick, but I think it has room to grow go up. I think especially with Rob Williams out to start the season, they're going to be playing a lot of small ball. I think those rebound numbers are going to be close to 10 a game because he's he's more than capable. And four and a half assists, I think that's going to be like more like six and a half assists this year because we saw Jason Tatum in, in some of those games in the Brooklyn series and some of the games in the Milwaukee series. He was getting 10 plus assist games in yeah. those series. He's more than capable. He plays at both ends of the floor and – I think most people think the Celtics are going to be in a similar spot as far as how good they are next year. I think they improved their bench. Um, they, they put other capable guys around the Jays. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a revenge tour, and they have something to prove this year. I, I like Jason Tatum at plus 1,400. It is a homer pick for sure, but it's also a guy who's very capable of, you know, if not winning the award, at least being in the conversation all year, all year long. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, you- you could call it a homer pick because you're a Celtics fan, but Jason Tatum has proved that he belongs in the NBA elite, and he's proved that he can put up MVP-type numbers. So I don't hate it. It's another one. I I think I like the odds, Doug. That, that's good odds yeah. for Tatum. I thought it was yeah, going to be like around like plus 800, maybe yeah. 850. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, I mean, this I'm giving this pick to the people. <laughs> I <had> to. <laughs> All right, guys, you want you want to end here with uh, some NBA title picks? Let's roll. Yeah, real quick before we get into it, I, I saw the odds because I think they're short. But what do you guys think Zion's 25 to 1? Does that feel oh, way I was too gonna, short? I, oh, no, I was going to say – almost mentioned it in my piece when we were talking about MVP. I was like, best case scenario, Zion could easily t- – I mean, you want to talk about the narrative too? That's the biggest thing is Zion – if Zion's yeah. rolling and is looking that good – He's gonna True. get all the narrative votes because it's gonna. That's all, dude. How many? How if if Zion and the Pelicans are nasty? How many? How many times does Stephen A. lead with Zion? Like it's almost every day. Every episode at that point. Every yeah. episode every, is gonna be led to Zion. Every basketball show leads with Zion. If he's back yeah. to like Zion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So I I saw the odds twenty five to one, which at first, like I said, I thought it felt short because I'm like he hasn't played in years. But then again, you're right. Like Zion, if he's just. It would only take – I think it would take a week, right? We see three games of Zion back to his old self. Everyone's talking about Zion again. Mm-hmm. Especially with like – I mean, I, I can say this because I know we all think the same way about this team. We all think the Pelicans are going to be really good this year. Yes. That, that, that yes. only helps that argument most yeah. of the time. Like if you're an exceptional talent and your team's doing well, you pretty much just plop yourself in that conversation automatically. And that was not a fat joke at Zion. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do, I do like that. That is interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even peek at Zion's odds cause I wasn't thinking that, but that's, he could be in the conversation. Definitely. All right. What do we, what do we have for title picks here? Gentlemen, Jake, me and you have, me and you have battled since the start of Happy Hour Hoops <laughs> on our title picks. It start it started with the bubble year, and it's it's been it's been a roller coaster since. Um, I don't think 
I think I may have like long shot by accident mentioned Celtics Warriors at one point last year, but yeah. I don't think it was my official during the award show, so I'm not gonna take any credit for that. I did say Warriors. I think we've both gotten a half yeah. right before. Um, this this is Steve's first official pick on Happy Hour Hoops, calling his title shot. So Steve, I'll I'll give you the floor first, but I, 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 I always get nervous about this, boys. The so I had I had three like picks. I'm going between where the they're both both I gotta say both conferences are really tough because I don't really want to take the favorite in the East. I know the Bucks are the favorite. I just can't find myself taking them. And nothing against the Celtics, Dunny, but it's just I feel like it's gonna be hard for them to get back there after kind of all everything that's happened this offseason. You have the injury to Williams as well. So I'm going with a team that I just think is continually slept on out of the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are always going to be a good team. They have an elite Mm -hmm. coach. They have an elite defense, and they just keep bringing back the same core that's playing together. I think the Miami Heat are just going to go to the NBA Finals. I'm going with the Heat as my official pick for the Eastern side, and I think the Heat are losing because I think this guy's back. And he's ready to let the NBA world just remember who he is once again, Kawhi Leonard in the Los Angeles Clippers. He's been resting for a while. John Wall has been resting for a while. Kawhi Leonard and John Wall back with Paul George. You've got Powell coming off the bench. Morris showed something last year. They have one of the deepest benches in the NBA on top of probably one of the most star-studded starting lineups. It's just the perfect storm for me. The biggest thing for the Clippers is health. And you know what? I'm not. I'm going to be Mr. Optimistic here. I'm not going to be like, oh, they're going to get hurt. They're not going to play a lot of games. No, they've been resting for two years. We haven't seen these guys play basketball. So give me a healthy Kawhi, a healthy John Wall, Paul George. I'll take the Clippers over the Heat in, let's say, six games. It's an interesting one because I think it's kind of everyone's sleeping on the heat. I think they were 16 to one to win last I checked. And it's just a team that I just think is just going to be good again. I took their over. I think the heat have the same core. Jimmy Butler's a great player. They got healthy guards right now. Bam, I think we'll have a big year. And like I said, elite coach that helps in the NBA. And then I'm going Clippers. We raved about the Clippers. I know it was our first preview show, so everyone kind of forgets, but we loved them in the Pacific Division preview. We all think that we, we're going to see Kawhi back to 100% Kawhi this year. I'm going Clippers. We saw him do it with Toronto. Why not do it with the Clippers this year? I think he's got a better supporting cast than he had in Toronto. So I'll go with those two. And then sleeper teams just sleeper teams to win. I'm not going to give a sleeper. I I gave my finals prediction sleeper teams to win both out of the Western conference, Stevie Southwest Memphis Grizzlies. I, they showed me a lot this past year. I think they could have a big year and I think they can really do well in the playoffs. And let's not forget the back-to-back MVP is getting his point guard back. Who's healthy Jamal Murray and maybe Michael Porter jr. Will be healthy. Who knows? We'll see. But I also like a lot of other players on this Nuggets team. I think they have a deep roster as well. Grizzlies, Nuggets, a little sprinkle to win. But the official pick, my first official pick, because I know I think I gave out a pick last year, but it was after a month into the season. Got half right. Let's try to get the full thing right this year. Clippers over the Miami Heat. Love it. Love it. Jake? I changed my pick while we were doing this podcast. No Sixers this year? No Sixers this year. No Sixers. 
I changed it though as we were doing this. Um because I want to buy in all the way to the Clippers and say that they're going to win the NBA title. And they are, I would sprinkle a lot of Clippers things. My two sprinkle picks are the Nets and the Clippers in the finals and the Clipper and the Bucks and the Clippers. I think that the Clippers are very potential, but I think that the Golden State Warriors are still going to make the NBA finals. Wow. I think this is like a last dance. This is their own last dance scenario. And if there's a team and a superstar who could navigate this Draymond pool situation that is coming out of it, it is Steph Curry, it's Steve Kerr, and it's this organization. Honestly, we'll probably use it as a rallying point in some way. Whether Draymond knows he's leaving or not at this point, this group is too proud to not want to go and fight out on top. I don't know if they're going to be a great regular season team. They might prioritize rest and also prioritize getting young guys a lot of minutes when we're talking about Kuminga and James Wiseman, who I don't know if you guys have been following, but has been getting the buzz yes. is kicking back up about Wiseman, the way he's looked so far in the preseason oh, yeah. the training camp. Um, and Kuminga also starting in place for Draymond as he was sitting out there too, and getting some high praise there from, from Steve Kerr and just who knows what pool, how, how much he keeps ascending was last year pools peak or is there more to his, you know, is, can he up a level too? Because if he ups a level, the, the sky, they're just so deep. And I think they have the highest variability of potential with young guys compared to stars, just the way that they're trying to thread the needle there. So I just couldn't pick against it. I think it's going to be dramatic all year, but that, I think this situation, it gets breeded bred out of pressure because they know how good they can be this year. And they know the situation they're in with probably Draymond leaving and the, you know, the tone of this team leaving after this year, wanting to end it on a good note. So I think yeah. that's all just kind of natural. And I'm never, I don't know after the last couple of years, I don't know when the next time I'm going to not pick the bucks. This might be the year of like me picking the bucks to be in the finals for like seven years. And I just think Giannis has, I just still think there's another level in there. And that's kind of terrifying to me. Um, and I think they're going to be the best team in the league. And I have the Bucks beating the Warriors in the NBA Finals. The last dance for the Warriors comes up short to Giannis and the singular force there in Milwaukee. And then we will not see the Warriors, as we know them, will be done after that. And it will be Giannis who puts him to bed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to argue the, the Warriors thing, honestly. And I, I wanted to put them in mind, but I just – I couldn't get myself to do it. And it's not even because of the, the the hatred that's leaking over from last year's finals. It's because I think the Clippers are, are that good. Um, Steve kind of alluded to it, but they have one of the scariest starting fives in the league. And then they have guys who are the 10th, 11th man on the roster. Some guys on their team won't even get minutes in the playoffs who could be like, six mans or even starters for other teams in this league. So I, I just think they're so deep. So even if injuries happen, which they have some injury prone guys on the roster, I think they can overcome those things throughout the season. I think, I think we something else that's really encouraging is I don't know if you guys saw this, but Paul George was kind of asked about his role with the Clippers. Now that Kawhi's back and all this, he said, look guys, I'm the number two. Kawhi is that dude. Um, I think that shocked a lot of people as far as, you know, Paul George's character. I think he became a meme the last couple of years with the whole playoff P thing. A lot of things came down on his shoulders where 
he kind of joined forces with Kawhi to be the second fiddle. I think he knew when they came together that he was going to be the at least the one B to Kawhi's one A. Um, I think anyone with eyes could see that PG is the number two in this situation. And him admitting to that to the media and to himself was it was a big deal for me. I think um, I think be, finally being able to see these two coexist with an excellent team around them it's 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 going to be awesome to watch. And then um, I've been giving out Homer picks all show. Um, I'm going back to it. It's the Celtics over the Clippers and the NBA Finals this year. Um, I think there may be Jake. I think you might be right about the Bucks being the best team in the league this upcoming year. I think they'll probably have the most regular season wins. But for whatever reason, the Celtics have Milwaukee's number. They have the last couple of seasons, you know, when they've played them in the playoffs or meaningful matchups. I think they know. Listen, Al Horford, you know, people love to talk about how his longevity and, you know, how he's kind of changed his game and the mold of his game to be able to stay in the league. Al Horford defends uh, Giannis better than 90% of this league. No one can really check Giannis, but if there's a big out there who is capable of uh, guarding the perimeter and kind of almost we, – we saw it in the Bucks celtics series. Horford got in Giannis's head a couple of times in this series and kind of knocked him out of his groove. They went back and forth with highlight dunks on each other. Um, I just think the Celtics have the recipe – to beat these teams in the East. We saw it last year. The, the thing that they were tasked with that they couldn't do is beat the Golden State Warriors when the stage or when the light where they're brightest, when they're on the biggest stage. Um, and I, I just think between the coaching situation, the Jays getting the disrespect they got last year and kind of getting, you know, they, they, they kind of got a bad rap for their performance in the finals because it wasn't great. They did kind of flop. I can admit that um, against the Golden State Warriors. I think they flopped back and forth. One guy was good, <laughs> then the other guy was good. Yeah, they yeah. together. Um, I think they added some important pieces. I think there's a revenge tour. I think this whole coaching situation, weird shit with Ime, is, is only going to be a motivator once they can put it behind them. I got the Celtics over the Clippers in the finals. Well, we will see, boys. We got That's Celtics, that. Clippers, Bucks, Warriors, and Clippers Heat. So a lot of Clippers love the Clippers. The I really, I really think they're going to be really good this year. It's hard. It's no one wants to make that jump. Like I listened to a couple like season preview podcasts the last couple weeks as they're starting to finally roll in here. Um, and everyone doesn't want to just buy into the Clippers just because of the unknown. But it's like, man, like, you know what it's going to be if it is good, though. Like, you got to just buy into some potential at some point. I just, guys, the narrative took over for me with the Warriors. Like, I can just see it. And I can just see knowing Curry and just the mindset he has, like, the way that they're going to spin this if they're just keeping Draymond, which it seems like they're just going to try to make it work at least at first and do whatever else. And, and it's all fixable and everything it's just going to be a motivator for them going forward. And especially for Jordan Poole. I mean, a dude, you wanted to talk about a guy yeah. who already had his chip on his shoulder and is going to want to put all this behind him and just have a yeah. baller season. True. Like, and he, and that, I mean, we saw some of the highlights. There's a couple of highlights the other day from the preseason game right after too, where he's just cooking. He's getting praise from KD on Twitter. Yeah. 
getting threes yep. from KD. Uh, well, yeah, KD, KD is a guy who is not going to take Draymond Green's side, let's be honest, um, in any, yeah. any scenario. But, uh, yeah, I think this, guys, the next time we will talk, it'll be about time for NBA basketball. So, uh, it's going to be amazing. Oh. All right, follow us wherever you get your podcast, at Happy Hour with One. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. For Dunny, for Steve, this is Jake. Have a great night, folks. See you guys. See you guys.